0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain, and for more information or to volunteer, visit librivox.org. Recording by Kristin Luoma, greenkri.com, of The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter 1. Marseille, the arrival. On the 24th of February, 1815, the lookout at Notre-Dame-de-la-Garde signalled the three-master, the Ferran from Smyrna, Trieste, and Naples. As usual, a pilot put off immediately, and routing the Château d'If, got on board the vessel between Cape Morgent and Rion Island. Immediately, and according to custom, the ramparts of Fort Saint-Jean were covered with spectators. It is always an event at Marseilles for a ship to come into port, especially when this ship, like the Ferrand, has been built, rigged, and laden in the old fossy docks, and belongs to an owner of the city. The ship drew on, and had safely passed the strait, which some volcanic shock has made between the Calazren and Jaros Islands, had doubled Pomeg, and approached the harbour under topsails, jib, and spanker, but so slowly and sedately— that the idlers, with that instinct which is the forerunner of evil, asked one another what misfortune could have happened on board. However, those experienced in navigation saw plainly if any accident had occurred, it was not to the vessel herself, for she bore down with all the evidence of being skilfully handled, the anchor a cock bill, the jib boom guys already eased off, and standing by the side of the pilot who was steering the Pharaon towards the narrow entrance of the inner port was a young man, who with activity and vigilant eye watched every motion of the ship, and repeated every direction of the pilot. The vague disquietude which prevailed among the spectators had so much affected one of the crowd that he did not await the arrival of the vessel in harbour, but jumping into a small skiff desired to be pulled alongside the Pharaon, which he reached as she rounded into La Reserve Basin. When the young man on board saw this person approach, he left his station by the pilot, and hat in hand leaned over the ship's bulwarks. He was a fine, tall, slim young fellow of eighteen or twenty, with black eyes and hair as dark as a raven's wing. And his whole appearance bespoke that calmness and resolution peculiar to men accustomed from their cradle to contend with danger. "'Ah! is it you, Dantès?' cried the man in the skiff. "'What's the matter, and why have you such an air of sadness aboard?' "'A great misfortune, Monsieur Morel,' replied the young man. "'A great misfortune, for me especially. "'Of Civita vecchia, we lost our brave Captain Leclerc.' "'And the cargo?' inquired the owner, eagerly. "'Is all safe, Monsieur Morel, and I think you will be satisfied on that head. "'But poor Captain Leclerc!' What happened to him? asked the owner with an air of considerable resignation. What happened to the worthy captain? He died. Fell into the sea? No, sir. He died of brain fever in dreadful agony. Then turning to the crew, he said, Bear a hand there to take it in sail. All hands obeyed, and at once the eight or ten seamen who composed the crew, sprang to their respective stations at the Spanker Brails, and out haul, top top-sail-sheets and halyards, the jib down and the topsail clew lines and bunt-lines. The young sailor gave a look to see that his orders were promptly and accurately obeyed, and then turned again to the owner. "'And how did this misfortune occur?' inquired the latter, resuming the interrupted conversation. "'Alas, sir, in the most unexpected manner! After a long talk with the harbour-master— Captain Leclerc left Naples greatly disturbed in mind. In twenty four hours he was attacked by a fever, and died three days afterwards. We performed the usual burial service, and he is at his rest, sewn up in his hammock with a thirty six pound shot at his head and his heels, off El Giglio Island. We bring to his widow his sword and cross of honor. It was worth while, truly, added the young man with a melancholy smile to make war against the English for ten years, and to die in his bed at last, like everybody else.' "'Why, you see, Edmund,' replied the owner, who appeared more comforted at every moment, "'we are all mortal, and the old must wait way for the young. If not, there would be no promotion, and since you assure me that the cargo is all safe and sound, Monsieur Morel, take my word for it, and I advise you not to take twenty-five thousand francs for the profits of the voyage.'